Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, aka Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'm going to be doing this on the weekend, or I guess if the Bears end up moving a game a day, I'm going to do some previews for you as they get ready to take on. This week, the Bears open up the season against the Detroit Lions, and there's a lot of things that I want to talk about as it pertains to this upcoming game. I'm I'm really interested in a lot of facets of this game. There is one part of the game in particular that I'm really interested in, which I'll get to momentarily. Like I'll go in depth on it, but I, I want to start out with just talking a little bit about the the move at quarterback and some of the injuries as the Bears get ready for Detroit. As I'm recording this, they're getting ready to leave and they're being they want to spend as little time in the hotel in Detroit as they can, which I think makes a whole lot of sense. As I'm recording this, there's also going to be a change. Kenny Albert was supposed to do play-by-play for this game, but he's been in the bubble in Canada, and he's with COVID protocol, he's not going to be able to call the game in Detroit, which is weird. I'm not sure why they wouldn't have this already figured out and why Fox even if he wasn't going to be in the stadium, why wouldn't they set it up so that he could be in Canada in a studio and call play-by-play? Dick Stockton is apparently going to call play-by-play for the game, so there's that. Okay, let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. He wins the job. He gets the opportunity first. He gets first crack at this. As I've said in in multiple shows and on the podcast, like I'm rooting for Mitch. I hope that things go well. But there's a lot of history. There's enough games in in his resume now where you can kind of figure out who he is as a player. The Bears, at least publicly, have said that they feel like there's been improvement. But the question that I always have whenever you're talking about a quarterback improving is, can they make that translate from the practice field to the game field? Can on Sunday when he's actually in peril, is Mitch going to be all good? Or is he going to panic? Or is he not going to play well? Is he not going to know where his next read is going to be? My hope is that he's going to be okay. That whether it's winning from the pocket or it's him winning outside of the pocket, he has a better time of it. And I think the opponent sets up nicely for him. And again, that is something that I want to talk about more in depth a little bit later on. But let's talk about the injuries. There are two significant injuries, one good, one bad, for the Bears that I think are worth talking about. The good one is David Montgomery participated in full in practice, which is a really good thing. He participated in full on Thursday and Friday. So unless there is some sort of major setback on the flight, I expect that David Montgomery will be in the lineup, and in the backfield for the Bears. I think that that's great for them. When I look at the parts that they have in their backfield, Tariq Cohen, Cordero Patterson, Ryan Nall, and David Montgomery, to me, the other three guys don't work as the primary back because they have skill sets that are so specific. Tariq Cohen is such a great receiver that he's a weapon as a receiver, but if you're asking him to run through between the tackles, it's it's not as pretty. Patterson is a bit of a wild card, and they've been using him a lot 
as a running back, even though he's still going to have that that receiver number on his jersey. I'm not sure that you want him in blitz pickup. I'm not sure that you want to give him more than a few plays at running back per game. And Ryan Nall has no resume to speak of. I know that people got excited about him at camp, but I can't honestly sit here and say, well, he deserves an opportunity to carry the rock more times than not carry the rock. So it's a good thing that David Montgomery is seemingly available for the Bears in this game on Sunday. The bad part of the injury report is the fact that Robert Quinn hasn't practiced since September 1st. Since the Bears went down to Soldier Field, he hasn't really done any work. There was talk that he had a personal issue that was going on, and that's what was keeping him off the field, but Matt Nagy said, no, it's the injury. It's an ankle. That's what it's listed as on the injury report. Nagy has said that this year he is going to be more careful about talking about injuries because he's trying to get an edge. So the the turning of Matt Nagy into an NFL coaching robot is, is starting to begin. So keep that in mind. Quinn not being there to me is a huge deal. Huge. It, it makes a real difference in what you're talking about. So I had Stacey Dales on, on the radio show, and we had a conversation about the Bears' defense. The reason that I think Quinn is so important is because pressure bust pipes. And the Bears have been trying to be a team that takes the ball away. Last year, they had 19 takeaways. Almost cut in half from what they had the year before when they had 36. So take a listen to what Stacy had to say when she was talking about the impact that Robert Quinn could have on this defense. I want to see Akeem Hicks basically control the line of scrimmage the way that we've seen him do the past few years now that he's healthy. Cannot wait to see that. Cannot wait to see if Robert Quinn is healthy. He's been dealing with a, an ankle injury. Uh, from what we understand, how he takes some of the, I don't want to see, even say pressure off of Khalil Mack, but he is a certified bona fide pass rusher. He had the second most pressures in the NFL, 11 and a half sacks, according to Next Gen stats last year for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I mean, he's been in the league for what, a decade? And he yeah. had 11 and a half sacks last year. So how does that impact Khalil Mack, who I think last year, I mean, it's not for lack of effort. Whatever he was, you know, facing, I mean, he's getting double, triple teamed because you have injuries across the board up front. I mean, that's an issue. So I am just anxious to see if this defense can not get back to what we saw last year because they were good last year. But what we saw in 2018 when they had 50 sacks, 36 takeaways, and basically dominated the National Football League. That's right. That's what we saw from the Bears defense in 2018. It starts with the guys up front. And I know that I sound a little bit like a cliche, but it's true. Here's how it works. The way that it it happened in 2018 is that quarterbacks knew that their receivers didn't have time to make double moves. The defensive backs of the Bears realized early that the pressure that they were getting once they got Khalil Mack and they had Akeem Hicks was so impactful that they didn't have to worry about a pump fake because the ball was coming out. It had to, or else Khalil Mack was in your lap. They didn't get pressure like that in 2019. 
which meant that guys could fall for double moves. Remember the game on Thanksgiving against David Blau, like the first big play of the game was Prince of Mukamara falling for a double move and getting beat for a 75-yard touchdown? That's what happened in a smaller degree throughout the season. There wasn't that same level of confidence of guys getting downhill and guys being able to get after what the quarterback, like as soon as the quarterback, think about it this way, the quarterback pats the ball. Usually that's an indicator that the ball is coming out. Bears defenders could then drive on the ball. Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, Prince Mukamara, they could all drive on the ball and try and take it away. Last year, you were going to get beat if you did that because the pressure wasn't sustained throughout a game. I think it limited how good Eddie Jackson was last year. I also think that Chuck Pagano had him out of position. He was playing more strong safety than free safety. This year, that changes with Gibson and Deion Bush kind of handling the strong safety aspect of it. Here's what Eddie Jackson had to say about the takeaways and playing for Chuck Pagano in year two of his defense. Uh, it's, it's more comfortable, more comfortable, you know, um, just that comfort level, you know, being there first year, seeing that everything played out. Now you year two is always, you always more comfortable. You get the, the feel of it is more natural. And just being out there, you know, knowing the plays now in and out, you know, it's making you play fast and, you know, you, no restraints. You don't have to think about this because, you know, you've been through it already. So we've been through the process. So we know it's at, at what's in store and what he, he, he expects of us, you know, in the meeting room, we're on top of everything. You know, he has us on top of that, calling out calls, even in walkthrough. You know, we got to be, you know, over communicate with things. So, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, we, we just happy that that game we can finally hit. You know, what does he tell you in terms of his expect expectations for you? How does he maybe vocalize his expectations for you personally? Oh, just challenging me, you know, challenging me, sending me little plays, you know, just saying how I see this, how I see that. Or, you know, just giving me that trust, you know, him trusting trusting me enough to, you know, if something that, Eddie, how you feel about this, you know, if you don't want this call, you know, just tell me. Just his, my honesty, you know, that's that's honestly what he's asking you know, just all the feedback and just be honest with them. And that's that's how we've been doing it. And, you know, it's feel good right now. Like I said, we're just happy it's game week finally here. We can go out there Sunday and lay it all down. I'm happy it's game week too. It's weird. It was like summer just was like peace out on Labor Day. Like it just bounced on us on Labor Day. It feels like football outside. It's It's a little nasty. It's a little bit colder. You can open up the windows in your house. So I'm excited to see it. What I'm not excited to see is Matthew Stafford because the Bears got lucky. If you look at the list of quarterbacks that the Bears beat last year, it's a horrible list that included two wins against Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. David Blau, that's my name. That name again is David Blau. And David Blau played them tough. Actually, so did Driscoll, to tell you the truth. Matthew Stafford was playing well, like Ejax said. He's still really good. They've got some injuries, which Kenny Galladay, I'm imagining, is going to be a game-time decision because he's been hobbled. But Matthew Stafford was playing really, really good ball. And I'm worried that if the Bears don't have Robert Quinn available to get after the, the, the passer a little bit, it's gonna. He can make their life difficult. 
officially Galladay is listed as doubtful, but I imagine they'll run it up to, to game time to see if he can go. But not having Robert Quinn is a huge factor because you want to see the, the Bears full strength. And let's see, maybe he goes tomorrow. It doesn't look like it. Maybe they were being extra careful and holding him out of practice, but it feels weird that a guy that hasn't practiced the entire game week, like the game planning week, is going to pop up out there and be available. The good thing is, is that he's such a veteran pass rusher that I imagine he understands where things are and he can he can just kind of plug and play. We'll see. We shall see. But Matthew Stafford being out there gives me some pause because the games have been close with the Bears and the Lions with Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. Okay? So that's a thing. That's a thing to keep in mind. Now I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the issue on the table for me that's one of the more interesting ones. And that has to do with why Mitch got the opportunity. Well, if you look at Mitch's numbers against the Lions and against Matt Patricia, he's been excellent. He's completed over 70% of his passes. His touchdown-interception ratio is 3-1. to one. Passer rating in the hundreds. It's been the opponent that he has done the most damage against and has played his best and has looked his best outside of the, the, the Tampa Bay game from two years ago. Consistently against Detroit, he's done very well. Part of the reason I think that he's done very well is because Mitch is a quarterback that can play against man defenses. He can use his athleticism to beat you. He can have a defense break down when he gets outside of the pocket. And he can he can he's accurate enough to get the ball around the catching radius of a guy like Allen Robinson. So here's the question. Are the the Lions going to look at the game film that they have from the last few times that they've played Mitchell Trubisky and play man defense? And not only do they play man, they play man and don't blitz behind it. A lot of times if you have these like tough guy defensive coordinators that play man, they will run blitzes to put to to turn the pressure up. Patricia hasn't really done that. Now they they have a new defensive coordinator and a new defensive play caller named Corey Unlin that is going to take over during the game. I've heard that that they're looking at a more traditional 4-3 front, and maybe we could see a little bit more zone and zone blitz stuff, which confuses Mitch. So I threw this out to the people that I trust on these issues, and I wanted to, to, to get their opinion. But the first thing is, let me let you hear from Trey Flowers, who plays on the Lions defense. He was asked this week about why Mitch eats up the Lions, but not everybody else. I don't know what necessarily he's able to do against other teams, but I know um, against us, quite a few times we allow him to escape the pocket, and he has receivers that can definitely run, and um, he's able to extend the pocket and throw the ball down the field to, you know, all those speed guys and guys in the back end that can cover well. But when you're dealing with him being able to extend the pocket for six and seven seconds, that's that's a tough task for guys in the back end. So I just know from 
what he's able to do do against us, you know, he was um, you know, able to extend those extend those extend that time, you know, look for guys down the field. If you don't see see guys, he definitely can run and has the speed to run. So yeah, I don't I mean I don't know what uh why he why he can't do it against other people, but you know, I know that hurt us. Yeah. It absolutely has hurt them. It's cost them wins because he's been able to function as a quarterback against man. I think it's one of the easiest things for college quarterbacks. And I guess we should probably stop talking about Mitch at this point as a college quarterback. He's in his fourth year. But if you're making a transition from college to pros, this is one of the easier transitions. You see man defense, you're like, okay, I, I have a guy that can beat man in Allen Robinson. I have guys that run good crossing routes like Anthony Miller. And Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen's great on the wheel routes. You see you see him against a linebacker on a wheel? <laughs> Game over. Game over. But that still doesn't quite answer the question. So I threw it to Stacey Dales. Because she had been covering both teams. She had been going back and forth, covering the Bears and covering the Lions. I asked her what she thought the impact would be of Patricia... Knowing Patricia, his proclivity to to run man, whether or not he would change it for this one particular game. Here's what Stacy told me. Well, not only adding one right in Corey Unlin, Lawrence, but like now you're going to call the plays, like giving up your play call duties. If you're Max Patricia, that's a big deal. Um, and the scheme hasn't worked. It was interesting to your point to listen to Anthony Miller, receiver for the Bears. He was asked this week because they've won four in a row now against these Lions. In fact, the Lions haven't defeated the Bears since 2017. Like, it's been a long time. And his response was, I'm paraphrasing here. This is not a quote, but a, a paraphrase. Basically, well, we know their scheme. We've got it figured out. We knew exactly how to attack their scheme. Like, as if to say, we know what they do, and it's not, like, it's not good enough. We're better. <laughs> so, um, you know, when Trubisky has – like a 75% completion rate against this defense, I, I think. And you then you look at the numbers last year um, for Detroit, the 31st total defense. They were the worst passing defense in the NFL. Um, they didn't sack the quarterback. They didn't get after the quarterback. I mean, they were at the bottom of the barrel in a number of metrics, almost every statistical metric. So I, I'll be, to your point, fascinated to see the coordinator change, how the play calls are. You mentioned man. Do we see more zone? I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they come out of the gate, especially with a lot of new faces. I mean, I don't know how many Patriots are on this defense at this stage, but you got Jamie Collins added, um, you know, Duran Harmon in the in the secondary, Danny Shelton. I mean, Trey Flowers a couple of years ago. You got all these Patriots, Jeff Okuda, the rookie in, in the secondary, and then Des Trufant, the savvy veteran. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch and see who who has improved. Uh, you know, the 29th total offense from last year or the 31st total defense. That's interesting to me. That's the most interesting strategic aspect of Sunday's game. Will we see Matt Patricia stick with what he's already done, or give power to his defensive coordinator to change it up? One of the things that frustrates me about Belichick disciples, when I look at Bill Belichick being the greatest coach that the NFL has ever seen, one of the reasons that I love him as a coach is because he's 
not dogmatic. And what what I mean is he doesn't just say, well, we do this and we're just going to do this. And it doesn't matter who it is that we're playing. We're just going to do this. Like Lovey was dogmatic about being a cover two team. That was that was their base defense. That's what they were in a lot of the time. And that's what they ran. And they believed in it. And it worked to a, a large degree. It worked. What I love about Belichick is whatever it takes. We'll be a running team this week, and next week we'll throw the ball 40 times. You have a quarterback that can't handle zone blitzing? We're going to show it to you all day. You have a a, a quarterback that's successful against man? We're not going to give him a lot of those looks throughout the game. Patricia seems hell-bent on saying, we're going to do it this way, and that's the way that it's going to be. So I asked J.J. Stankovitz about this. And J.J. brought up a really interesting wrinkle when I asked him if he thinks that Matt Patricia is going to play man. Yes, I do, because it's Matt Patricia. And Matt Patricia is a coach who is kind of stuck in his ways in terms of what he does. You know, we asked Anthony Miller that, and he was kind of like, they're going to play what they're going to play, which is what they've played the last two years. I'm less worried, though, about the man versus zone deal, Lawrence, than I am how much... Matt Patricia actually sends pressure against Trubisky mm-hmm. because Mitch Trubisky is a quarterback who, if he's not under pressure, he can probably go out and pick you apart. If you have suboptimal players, like the lions defense has a lot of. And I think if, if Matt Patricia is just going to say, we're just going to rush for all game and play man, Mitch is going to rip him up again. But if he says, all right, we're going to try to design a couple pressures here, maybe get, get someone in Mitch's face. Uh, up the middle or, you know, have like a nickel blitz or just something to throw Mitch out of his rhythm, that is where I'm concerned. I'm less concerned about the man versus zone deal than I am upon the Bears if the Lions send some blitzes that Mitch has not seen from the Lions. That, to me, is where this battle is going to be won and lost for the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Okay. If I'm a Detroit Lions fan, I look at it and go, all right, if you want to play man, that's cool, but bring some pressure behind it. Anytime that you hear defenders or defensive coaches in honest moments talk about going up against Trubisky, what do they tell you? They want to keep him in the pocket. They don't want his legs to be a weapon in the game. They want to make him think. They want to put pressure on him. They want to speed up the clock of what he's seen, and what better way to do that than with some blitzes that he hasn't seen. Maybe you play man behind it, and, and as I said before, you want to get crazy? You want to you wanna be manly? You want to do zero coverage type stuff? I'm down with it, as long as you're bringing the house. If they don't, though, if they don't, Mitch going to light their ass up. If they stay in man and don't bring significant pressure, he's going to light them up, even with the struggles that the Bears' offensive line has had. I know that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about that in the preseason, and it is worth noting. I don't think that the Bears did enough in the offseason to make their offensive line better. One could argue that the addition of Cole Komet helps because he's known to be a blocking guy, a blocking tight end that I think can expand beyond those limitations as a player. I, I have I have really high expectations for Cole Komet to help this offense and just become a, a good, solid player, good, solid to great player 
Same with Jalen Johnson on the defensive side. It looks like he's going to be good to go, and he'll play the other cornerback spot opposite of Kyle Fuller with Buster Screen being the, the nickel guy. If we see the Lions, which I expect, they will be in 11 personnel. A lot of the game, one tight end, one back. I expect that they'll be, even with Galladay, maybe not there. I expect they'll run a lot of three wides. A lot of NFL teams, it's not that, I mean, that's not a crazy prediction by me. It's a lot of teams do it, and they do it like 60% of the time that they're out there on the field. So you're going to see those guys. How the 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 Bears safeties play together with Deshaun Gibson out there alongside Eddie Jackson. I was really hoping that Deion Bush would get the first crack at it, but we'll see. We will see how good Gibson is. He has a resume, but he's a little bit more of a free safety than strong, and Deion is more strong than free. But we will see what that looks like. I'm excited for the Bears season to be back. It is going to be um, weird for me to to not be doing the football after show. I talked a little bit about that. Like, I'm going to watch it, though. I mean, I, those guys are great. Like, those, all of those guys, including Cap, like, all those are all my dudes. So, I'm happy that they'll st- they're still going to get an opportunity to to bring content to the world that I think that we need. But yeah, it's going to suck for me to not be there. But I'm going to do my podcast on House of L. So the post-game podcast, this is what I figured out. And I'm letting you know this before anyone else knows this. I'm going to do a preview for the Bears and their opponent every week right here on Loho Daily. I'm going to do post-game on my own podcast on House of L. If you haven't subscribed to House of L, I would love it if you did. There's a lot of good content on there, and I'm going to put my Bears post-game content on there. I'm also going to be doing something with the score on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. We're going to do like a little two-minute recap. We haven't come up with a funny name like the two-minute drill or anything like that. It's just going to be me because they only allow you like two minutes and 20 seconds. But I'm going to do that. Maybe we could go deeper. Honestly, I haven't thought about this, but I guess technically we could do a Zoom and put that video up on Twitter. Huh. Anyway, there'll be something on Twitter with me and the score after the game is done. The post-game podcast where I can let loose and be free and talk about all sorts of stuff, that'll be on House of L. Go subscribe, write a review, give it five stars, all that good stuff. But Every week, we're going to get together right here on Loho Daily, and we're going to break down the Bears and their opponent. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited. The Bear season is here. Let's get after it.